Good evening. I do not attempt to adjust your radio. There is nothing wrong. We have taken control as to bring you this special show. We will return it to you as soon as you are grooving. Welcome to station W-E-F-U-N-K, better known as We Funk, or deeper still, the Mothership Connection, home of the extraterrestrial brothers, dealers of funky music, P-Funk, uncut funk. It, it almost looks like I asked for the extra IR spots for my team. Like, I filled them, like, right after we got them all. Yeah. Yeah. I was well, like, oh, my God, is this bad karma? We should have gone 20 for fish. Oh. He signs T.Y. T.Y. says he's hurt again. Fucking Mayfield <laughs> broke his collarbone. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, you can't make that shit up. Oh, yeah. I think it was the right thing to do. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, 100% of the league agreed, so... Maybe there's something good there. Yeah, I just think it sucks if you can't actually put a lineup in through no fault of your own. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm happy with it. I'm glad it passed. All right, we previewing. Uh yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Do it real quick. That fucking survivor league. Yeah. Fuck. Oh man. Yeah. I made the same fucking mistake that you did though. I you know, I, I needed Buffalo to obviously punching in at the end with Allen, but anyways. I made the same mistake you did, and I got fucking cute with it, and I started thinking too long-term. I needed a quarterback the week before last, and I only just put a little bullshit bid on Lamar Jackson, and then Keith came over the top of me, and I was like, you know, why didn't I just spend more? I I knew I should have, and I just was kind of trying to hoard a little money, but like the the money I hoarded means nothing right now, right, because I'm not playing no more. Yeah, no, it was a learning experience for me, for sure. I should have gone all in on Kyler that week. I'd probably still be in it right now. Right, that that's what I mean. You got you got to <laughs> fucking throw it out there. And I remember you saying that before, and then I, like, did the same thing. Dude. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking in my head, if I can come out of this, you know, with, like, 30 bucks left, I'll be in good shape. Everyone's money's getting down. Mitch is the only other one that has money. Mm-hmm. And, and fuck. I just cheaped myself out of the whole thing. The one thing with four it. points. I just want to say I made the same mistake that you were saying that you made, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't listen twice. Maybe third time's a charm. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. All right, so starting off, uh, game one, the revenge game, number crunchers against maintenance woes. So, uh, Keith, before this season, before Adam had to bow out and all that happened, uh, Keith was Matt's co-owner for a while. Well, since the beginning of the league, actually. Yeah, what's the spread on this? 14, so basically nothing. Yeah, maintenance woes by 14. It's supposed to be a tight one. And again, I'm doing the, because I put this together on Monday, I'm doing my own uh, spread based on who's who's got who on their bench and everything. Right, you're you're assuming a lineup a little bit. Yeah, just because you got bye weeks and everything in there. and You know, no one's got their, well, I do, but almost no one's got their lineup set on Monday. Right, I, yeah, I don't even set my bed on. Real quick, Derek Henry, we were like, Thought in the offseason he should be traded. He's yeah. just such a beast right now. Yeah. We did say we might have another good year, but I, I wasn't thinking this anyway. So I was definitely wrong about Derrick Henry. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, he was he was probably the very top of my list of people to avoid this season. So yeah, no, I I definitely got that one wrong. But you know, that rule of 350 touches or whatever the number is, it's it pretty much always holds true. And, you know, before we take a, what's the opposite of a victory lap, you know, a sad lap, whatever. Before we admit defeat here, let's say the season's not half over yet. I mean, the whole point of that rule is that guys grind down when they have that much work. 
So that could still happen. Yeah, no, I, I see where you're going. And you know what? Maybe Henry's the outlier. There's always an outlier to every rule that you're like, yeah, it just don't make sense. And I'm not sure why. And maybe he's just that guy. But like you said, 99 times out of 100, it, that 350 carry mark is just bad news <laughs> for a running back. Yeah. That's one of yeah. the ones even us non-stat guys know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's been a couple of guys who have, have broken it before. I mean, this isn't the first time, but it is rare. Right. We won't see this for another 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that goes with that touch mark there. Yeah. I think the last guy might have been like Emmett Smith. Guy before that was Dickerson, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're starting to go super old school at that point. Yeah. Some leather helmet shit, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right. What note you got here from Matt? Oh, Cordero. Yeah, that Scorderall kind of fucked me up a little bit. Oh, yeah. You got to keep going with Scorderell Patterson. Man, he yeah. makes, he's making Derrick Henry look bad. Yeah, that ain't no shit. <laughs> well, I mean, it is the classic year eight breakout. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. Get your so year good. seven guys now before we all figure it out. <laughs> Oh, get Cordero back in your lineup. So I, I don't swear to go through everyone's numbers, but obviously you put the defensive numbers in here. So Matt yeah. needs a little help on defense. Get Cordero Patterson back in. He remains number 12 overall running back and wide receiver, despite being one of the few players on bye. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he was the, the first round of bye weeks he was on, and he's still number 12 in wide receiver and in running back. So he's an RB1 and a wide receiver one and even after the bye week. We talk a little bit about how people play their defensive players. I would personally play them at wide receiver if you could. I think you get more bang for your buck there. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what your roster looks like. I mean, if you're Fish, you'd love to have him as a running back. Fish would love to have me as a running back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then what else you got? D scores less than an O in this league. Yeah, so this this is uh, basically what I was saying with this is this is another team tied to defensive free agents talking about, you know, Everson Griffin, Kaiser Wright, Andrew Wingard, David Long's already been picked up, Marcus Golden just got picked up, but all these guys we keep talking about every week that some of these teams aren't going after. I think some people don't realize the importance of the defense in it. And so that that's what I'm talking about here is defense does score less than offense in the league, but it's still significant. So right now, the highest scoring team in the league is you, TDs with 1,269 points. And the highest scoring defense in the league is uh, Buffalo Polacks with 392 defensive points, which is 30.1%. Now, if you look at the lowest scoring team and the lowest scoring, scoring defense, it's 891 points to 270, which is also 30%. And then if you look at the lowest scoring defense defensive unit in the league for teams that are above 500, so better than three and three. Uh, the lowest scoring defensive unit there is 321 points, even though average defensive scoring for the league is 330. So basically that's telling you, if you're below the average defensive scoring mark, you're not going to be in the top half of the league. So paying attention to defense makes a difference here. And then the last one was the best team with less than 300 defensive points is Matt's team at three and three. So all of that is just some numbers that probably made everyone's eyes glaze over, but I get fucking really hyped up about when I'm looking at it. That just points out, if you're not staying at or above average on defense, like you don't have to be the number one team with 400 points or whatever, but if you're not above 300 points, you've 
basically got no chance, which means you got to be working your defensive waiver wire if you're if you're running low. And the reason defense is such a big part of it or gets such a big focus here is you can still go out and grab defenders that are worth having off the waiver wire. They're all over the place there. Whereas on offense, you're hoping for an injury or, you know, taking the third string guy that you hope maybe punches in a touchdown or something. But on defense, you can still get starters that are scoring pretty strong in every position. So I somewhat prepared for our waiver wire show, and it, it, it would have been a heavy defensive side for me. Probably even some bonus players here. The offense is picked through, and like you said, there's a starter everywhere, and some very good starters. Like Oh, yeah. So one of the things that, and, and I'm hoping everyone understood this when we kind of uh, said this, like at the beginning of the year, and uh, what's the fantasy podcaster? It says, don't hear what I'm not saying. Oh, yeah, the, the footballers. Yeah. So don't hear what I'm not saying. I think when we talk salary cap, if I'm remembering correctly, we talked a lot about like overpaying on defense. Mm-hmm. And I actually seen a little bit of a shift here where like, I think we're at the opposite end of the spectrum for a lot of us of like underpaying for some defense. Yeah. And then, and then having to grab even maybe at times and, and overpaying, like I'm overpaying for linebackers for what I'm getting, but I did probably didn't pay enough attention to my defense to fill it up. Yeah. So I, I think everyone went to the extreme opposite of what we're doing in years past. So, and the defense does make the difference. They don't make the you know sports center highlights and shit like that or, or the red zone channel, but, you know what? Defense absolutely matters in this league. You said it's about 30% of the scoring? Yeah, so the league is actually designed, the scoring system was designed to have your best defenders be about 40% of your best offensive players, minus outliers. So as a whole, your defense should be scoring by design between 33 35 and 40%. So it's actually a tiny bit at the low end of scoring, but it's still one-third of your score at 30%. So if you think about it, if you have the best offensive in the league, so if you have, you know, otherwise the best team without a defense, you're losing a third of it. So that's a D, you know? You, right. Like a, like A, B, C, D letter grades from school. Like, that's a D. You don't want a D. You need to be pulling your weight on defense, too, if you want to be on the top at the top of the league. Sure, you go average on defense and you're right up at the A-. minus. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, it's that, just, that's definitely something I noticed with the spending habits of it. Yeah, yeah. And it, it makes sense. I mean, especially where we've been talking about dollar defense and that, but it's, it's the same conversation you, me, and Adam had a couple of years ago about it. The first time the dollar defense thing got brought up is that, yeah, you can push those salaries down, but if you simply go a dollar and just pick whatever name is at the top of the free agent chart without doing any homework or anything, then – you're going to really struggle to win. So you don't want to be the guy paying the most for defense, but you don't want to be the guy not paying anything for defense either. Right. So it's actually good news for me because, like I said, this is kind of by design. And when I went and ran through, crunched all the numbers and everything, it's the numbers are within four or five percentage points of, of what I designed them to be a couple of years ago. So it, it, it is working. Right. And like you said, there's always outliers. So if you hit that number, you're a fortune teller more than anything. Yeah, like I'm I'm not comparing these guys to Patrick Mahomes 50 touchdown season. You know, I mean right, right. And the same thing, I'm not taking JJ Watts, what was that 2014 when he got 250 sacks or whatever it was. Yep. Like I'm not taking that defensive season to compare to, you know, your average running back either. You know, I 
that's why when I, I talk numbers, when we're comparing positions, I always start at the third guy on the list instead of the first guy on the list for cross-positional comparison. It just it smooths those peaks out just a little bit. Right. All right. Next game. Yeah, game two. We got uh, the Green Wall versus the Legion of Boom. Green Wall at two and four, Legion of Boom at one and five. And the Green Wall here is favored by 26. A comfortable favorite, but not a blowout at all. Well, I, for one, can tell you the green wall can blow up at any time and <laughs> over overachieve at every position but two. <laughs> Not that I count it, but anyways. Yeah, because, like, we keep talking about how they're a rebuilding team and they need help, but it seemed like a team that we thought was pretty decent just got fucking smoked by them last week. Who was that? Yeah, I don't know. Probably that second-place team. Oh, okay. Oh, fuck, that's right, you. Yeah. Man, that must have been hard to swallow. Like, I just... Actually figured when we had to put the podcast off by a day, I figured it was you still trying to get over the shock. <laughs> uh, the shock of heartbreaking losses, that's standard for me in <laughs> Dynasty or any <laughs> fantasy, so I'm good. Yeah, and he handed it to you on Monday night along with your bills going down. Like, I don't know. I was thinking, man, like now Joe can't make the podcast. I was thinking you were maybe tying the noose up. You got the wood fucking girders <laughs> in the basement. Uh, I will say when I turned that TV off at fucking like quarter to 12, I was like, motherfucker, <laughs> like all of it. At that time, I know I'm out of survival league. I'm out of fucking dynasty. My bills lost. I'm just like, God damn it. That, that is a bad sports day. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the trifecta of losing. You got like a two hour dose of what fish has been feeling for the last six weeks. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Except even he's got the same record as you, I think. No, not quite, but he's still got a winning record. I'll get it back on track. Maybe not this week, but we'll talk about that. I'm, I'm hurting right now. Yeah. Well, it's freaking no one ever heard of him. Felton is fucking doing you all right. Or Johnson, whatever. No one even knows who he is. The running Bad. back he started. The Ernest Johnson. Yeah. Like I told you earlier on the podcast, fucking call him Jeffrey Wilson against me last year, Jordan Todman. Four years ago, fucking whatever. Yeah. Just another one of them fucking guys. Went out and found fucking guy with balls and started them against me. Yeah. Now, as soon as I caught him, everyone can bid on him. And good luck. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so I, I'm sure everyone at this point saw, or at least most people saw the trade last week. But uh, I shipped Saquon Barkley off along with the first round pick for, uh, for Alvin Kamara, just trying to buy some health there. And I think that signaled that the Legion of Boom is looking at a rebuild. You know, maybe not, you know, tear it all down, rebuild, but uh, looking more to the future, collecting a few picks and everything. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, for there, it's good to look at the future, but my advice to them is don't forget that they're still in the middle of a season. Even if they know they're not going for the playoffs, the toilet bowl there would make that first-round pick they got super, super valuable. They're, I mean, the pick, their own pick that they still have. But – if they're looking at the waiver wire, especially with these defensive players, they should really be looking at the young guys for defense and they should not be doing any one-year deals if they're thinking it's going to be a rebuild. I mean, if you pick up some good guys now that could emerge on a, on a depth chart coming next year, that's the difference between building a pretty decent team with the extra draft pick, draft picks or making a powerhouse when you combine draft picks along with good, smart roster pickups this season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is, if you do want to skim on any money on either side of the ball, this is where this is where you do it, right? Yeah. And oh, yeah. Th- this is the lottery tickets. Buy, buy 20 of them. 
Yeah. If you're in rebuild mode, just keep fucking buying them, buy them, buy them, buy them, buy them, buy them. Yeah. On the offensive side, I know we're talking about how thin it is, but I've mentioned him once this season already, but Foster Moreau, that guy is going to be a fucking knockout tight end for someone. Once he gets out from playing behind Darren Waller, he's the second string tight end for the, uh, the Raiders. If you're in a rebuild, go pick him up, sit on him, put him at the bottom of your roster and just let him sit there. Because two like years said, from now, that guy is going to be a hit. And like you said, make sure it's a three-year deal. No, yeah. don't don't cheap out on that. We and, shouldn't be going into the season with anybody. Anybody that's on a one-year deal on your team, you should be willing to lose. Well, you're going to. I mean, if they're worth anything, you're either going to lose them or overpay for them, one of the two. Right, both bad things. Yeah, and then the other young guy that they used as an example is that Kaiser White from the Chargers, the linebacker there. Is that that's a guy? I think he's a second, maybe a third year guy, but he's young, and he's. Uh, I look at him all the time. He's showing signs of life, starting to emerge. He was drafted pretty high. He's someone that, again, a team that says, "Yeah, I'm in rebuild mode." That's someone that you should be picking him up. You could use him this year. He's playing well, but you get into next year and the year after, he's he looks like he's going to turn into something. And again, that's all you're looking for: the lottery tickets. And if he's yeah. nothing, he costs you a buck. Exactly. Get them now instead of when you're trying to fight everyone for them next season or in the off season or something. So anybody that listens to it, a little insider information about the whole thing. I actually had him last year and he came out of college as a safety. And I only know that because he had defensive back um, eligibility last year. So again, a linebacker that can cover stays on the field. Yeah. There's no nowhere to go, but up with that. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, green wall. Two and four, six highest scoring team. Yeah. Yeah. They, they expected actually, that. Yeah. No, that's why I put it on there. It surprised me just a little bit. But yeah, they're they're the sixth highest scoring team in the league. So you'd expect them to at least, you know, be three and three or, or so. Yeah. They've had a little bit of bad luck. That's something to keep in mind when you're looking at, at how your season's unfolding, is, is how your scoring's going in addition to what your record is. Like you say, he's in the mi- middle of a rebuild, but he's still six highest scoring team. This is a team that I would look at and just, I would not move too much off this team. Yeah. If he does not make the playoffs, this is the team that makes the big run at the toilet bowl. Like I would not be sacrificing too much future. I'd be very hard looking at next year. If I was middle of the road scoring, Mm -hmm. we could possibly get that number one draft pick. That just speeds everything up. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like you touched on, I mean, at this point for him, it's, it's an uphill battle, definitely, to try to make the playoffs. But it's a possibility. But even more so, like you say, the toilet bowl. Go get that big pick. That's that's one thing with this team. Is there's, if you look at their their scoring ranks by position, this team doesn't have any real resounding weaknesses or strengths. They're like between fifth and eighth in every position. Again, go through, get through this season, make it the best you can, get the best pick you can out of it, or or make the run for the playoffs because you're right there. I mean, if we decided playoff positions simply by scoring, this would be a playoff team right now. So they're not really that far out of it. But look, looking into next season, and you know, this is one of those no shit uh, statements, but that's really what he needs is to find a strength for this team and focus on it. Whether it's going to be tight end or spending, you know, he picked up Jamar Chase in the rookie draft this year. Is he going to focus and try to make his his receivers the focal point of his team? Is Find somewhere to make a strength because if you get to the top of any category and everything else is in the middle, that's going to put you kind of in the upper end of the league. 
Oh, no doubt. No doubt. The, and the biggest thing, and when I said kind of stay put and run for that toilet bowl is you don't want to sacrifice future assets here because it's just not quite there. Yeah. So, so you do not want to sacrifice them draft picks or anything else. Don't, don't get crazy with when it comes into the year and be like, no, I'm going to make a run. Unless you're getting some really, really good player or two, yeah. that that would be a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, Dar- Darian's in rebuild mode, and Mitch is let let it ride. Try to build through free agency, a minor trade, maybe. Yeah, you know, take take on a shitty contract after going to RFA, you know, something of that nature. But don't don't give up too many future assets. Yeah, and, and Darian should give up none. He should just be collecting. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there was some rumblings about another trade with his team in the last week that I don't think really developed because it's a player that he didn't want to get rid of. But that that's really the point that he should be at is looking at, at what he has on his team that he's willing to part with that he can get good picks out of, especially if they're, you know, guys in the twilight of the career. If you got a guy that's 27, 28, 29 years old, you should at least be looking at that and deciding if you're going to move on, if you're in his position and, and pick up all the first and seconds that you can anyway, and try to reload this, reload this team and get it ready for next year. Absolutely. During, if you do listen, you're about to see some things floated for me. I've been looking, I'm just holding off about another week before all my real trades start coming out here. <laughs> so I'm sure everyone's missed me sending them a trade recently, but you'll be getting them soon. Uh, that, that's all right. I, I sent a, uh, Trade offer on your behalf to fish tonight. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. I offered him uh, two of for two of first. <laughs> I mean, he's kind of needs a quarterback. And I told him I'd do it for one first, but the guy's name is Tua. I got to get two for him. All right. Next game. Yeah. Next up, we got uh, Team Vito at four and two versus the boys in now body bags at <laughs> three and three. I so, seen the thing that he changed it. I didn't go and look and. Yeah, no, I actually but, see what he changed it to. Body bags fitting. Yeah, yeah. Band, band-aids just wasn't enough to cover it anymore. We had to go bigger. <laughs> oh. But yeah, we got uh, Team Vito favored here by 43 points, which makes it a blowout of the week. Yeah, that, that's a healthy spread. Oh, yeah. Hardest working man in fantasy. He, he's got to be. Oh, man. <laughs> or at least yeah. the most frustrated, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's I mean, always scurrying to get something to start on this team because it's bad. Oh, I haven't looked at it in a while. As you talk, I'm going to look at it. Oh, yeah. He's he's like that fucking squirrel you see out running back and forth on the power lines out in front of the house, you know, going back and forth and back and forth, but never actually has a fucking nut in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's a tough one, too. Like, the waiver wire for offense at this point, the waiver wire is thin. And at this point, so are his healthy players. Like, yeah, and that's why I call him the highest, hardest working man in fantasy. This is boys in uh, body bags, by the way, fish. It's almost a bad thing that he's in playoff contention here. I mean, he's sitting at three and three. He's second place in his division. You know, he's not out of it by any stretch. But, man, like we were talking, I think, before we started recording. Now today, Baker broke his fucking shoulder. He's out for a while. He signed T.Y. Hilton as a fill-in. T.Y. saying he's 50-50 after his first game back. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you even say about that? Like, it, it, it is what it is. Like, you just got to roll with it. Like, you, you cannot predict that shit. My God. He still doesn't have enough. Or, or he does have enough here. 
we need to give them like 20 fucking IR spots, not just three more. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's tough. I mean, I guess the, the only thing you could say here is sitting at three and three kind of looks, it's crazy to say it, but he kind of looks like a playoff team here. So, man, do you, do you start selling off or not selling? Do you start buying? Do you start trading in your draft picks for, for higher end players off of other teams to try to make your playoff run? Or do you just accept that fate is whooping your ass this year? Yeah, I mean, he's in a position where I know I always say, like, try to figure out what your team is. Mm-hmm. Good luck, Fish. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, well, I think he's figured it out. His team is injured. But like you said, does he trade off them assets and go for it? I mean, that's the, that's the decision he has to make, right? Absolutely. I, I, I don't fish. And then that's just, that's just my, you know, my humble opinion here. But, man, if you sell anything off and don't make the playoffs, this is another one of them teams, if they don't make the playoffs, like would be the favorite to win the toilet bowl as of what everything looks right now. And is he officially in the playoffs at this point? Or is he outside looking in still? Yeah, so he's, he's tied with players he hasn't played against yet, so it's hard to make that call. But if you go off of points, since they haven't gone head-to-head, then no, nah, he wouldn't be in right now. That's so exactly. I mean. It's such on the cusp. Yeah, he's, he's technically – well, technically. He's right now the ninth overall scoring team. Man, I got to say, Fish, you've been uh, – You've outdone my projections. I, I thought he was going to struggle actually a little more this year. So this, so on the bright side, this is actually a pleasant surprise, at least from not my point of view. Yeah, I think it pro- probably is for him too. But then the pleasantness of it probably gets lost a little bit. Uh, yeah, by like 50 injuries. All six of them spots are filled up. And how many does he have just on the on his bench that he actually has? He's got one. Dude, he's got two on the bench even though he, that are not playing and injured, and injured reserve filled and bye weeks coming. My God. Yeah. Dude, except it's fate. I, yeah. I don't, I don't sell off here. I, I just, well, no, the question do is, what do I you, can. the question isn't, do you sell It's Do you buy? Or I mean, buy. I, I, yeah. I, I don't buy, I don't sell off any of my assets or, yeah. or future assets. I just rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Vito coming off of a, a pretty rough loss. He was favored last week, but wound up falling. And then this week, he runs into his bipocalypse. So Vito's not really uh, – he doesn't have too many injuries. He's got some. We all have some. He might as well this week because he's got a lot of players on by. Vito's team, he's probably, he has almost enough depth to absorb it, except on defense. Like, I don't think he has enough defensive linemen to actually make a full start this week. I had mentioned Max Crosby and Marcus Golden, but if you go down, look down the list, there's other guys there, but he's going to have to go get him a defense himself, a defensive lineman, or, or maybe he did already. Still needs a defensive lineman. He's got to pick something up there. If you guys do listen, I don't know if you listen or not, do it Saturday. I know Ian's getting burned on giving all these public service announcements, but do it Saturday. Cost you more on Sunday. Yeah, and again, that's the uh, the... Oops, I forgot tax. It's 10 bucks for a player on, on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays. So I'm looking at Jeremy's team right here. Like, dude, why you still got Kyle Allen on your team? The, the same reason that someone has, uh, oh, shit, Gurley, you know? Yeah. Just he, he's not hurting for roster spots. He's not hurting for the dollar or two that he's paying Allen. No, but that's where you thicken up your, your defensive depth. Well, well Guys sure. like that get getting rid of. Yeah. That's, that's, good that's more what I'm saying. I mean, you 
you can hold all the dead weight on there you want as long as it ain't hurting you but he's got two bench spots open and like i said kyle allen there's three defensive players he should be picking up but again I, and i'm sure he will jeremy's good about it yeah and and defensively in particular he's always in the top you know top three or so defensive scoring teams every season so far this season, he's actually oh number four. I thought he was number one. For yeah, so, so I'm kind of looking year. at his team here, and, and I know, and just by paying attention, uh, when when I said some people don't spend on defense, I'm gonna guess very hard that Jeremy is one of the top spenders on defense. Like like there's some real names on here that you know he's paying for. You know, Bosa, Rokon Smith, Khalil Mack. Like oh, okay, yeah. So. He's putting the money into it to, to get his defense there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'd say if that's the strategy that for him it's working, I mean, having the number four defensive uh, scoring defense overall ain't bad. No, yeah, not so, at all. And this is a good team. So he's got the highest paid defensive line. That's number two in scoring. He has the highest paid linebacker core. That is number three in scoring. And he, uh, and he has the highest paid defensive backs who are number two in scoring. So, yeah. I mean, he's put money into it, number one in every position, but, but it's paying off. Then his defensive flex scoring tends to be a little bit low, which, you know, I had touched on before. That probably means he just needs to add a little bit of depth there. That's all. So you do get what you pay for. For him, he does. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd go spend 12 bucks on a linebacker and then they'll, like, not play him and put fucking Anthony Barr back in. <laughs> <laughs> not bending, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. The fuck. Vigil's a better player. Get Barr out of there. It's bullshit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's got naked pictures of Zim's wife or something. <laughs> Has to. You know what? Not that Anthony Barr's a bad player. And there, I didn't see anybody pick Anthony Barr up. You know what? Be pretty happy for him for a buck or two. Yeah. As we're talking to all these defensive players. So, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't even made my list yet. But yeah. That's a good one. Dude, he's always solid. No, every year. It, He's he's above average. Yeah. What's he going to finish? Twentieth linebacker, eighteenth linebacker. Yeah. Maybe even somewhere. sneak up occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a guy you want for cheap. Yeah. This yeah. is the Buffalo Pollocks. A lot of his games are going to be big, big numbers. Yeah. I mean, especially when he's going up against you know bottom half teams. And that. Absolutely. Uh, oh. It's probably surprising or. This is the second team in the division after six weeks. Yeah, he should be a little surprised by that. Oh, this should be the get-right game after the loss. Oh, Steven did lose last week? Yeah, yeah, he took a hard loss. Uh, yeah. Did he lose uh, to Keith at the end? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, he did. That was a pretty tight game. Like you said, we've been getting our Monday night money's worth for fantasy, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was good this week, man. With uh, Well, not good for you, I know, but Mitch... Man, he was excited about winning that one. He's like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to do it. He goes, <laughs> I was like, go, man. You know what? It, 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 it's fun either way. It's exciting at the end. You know what? You have to have that disappointment to realize what it does when when that goes your way. You know what I mean? Oh, sure, yeah. And it's all good. You know what? I don't begrudge anybody anything. You know it, I'm not a sore loser, I guess is what I'm saying in the least. You know what? We all should have some fun. Do I want to win? Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, it didn't end my world. Mm-hmm. Kim didn't get beat that badly for the whole thing. So <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. 
Yeah, it didn't end you, and I'm pretty sure it made Mitch's day. Absolutely. And it should. You know, I do which one of us don't want to be looking down the barrel of that gun being like, yeah, I'm just going to get fucking smoked here. And then you get to the end, you're like, yeah, fuck you. I'm beating you. <laughs> you know what? That is just great. Like, maybe I'll have that feeling in the finals one day. I doubt it, but. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Maybe, it's, maybe if we start ending the season a week earlier. <laughs> that, that would help. That would help me. Just have two first place teams. Okay. <laughs> I'll take participation trophy at this point. But yeah, this game, Hackenberg's clearly in the rebuild mode. He He's another one. He's had some good scoring weeks. He should definitely be on the not trade away any good assets. Because this could be another team that the rebuild is going to be very quick on it. Well, I think it's that this is the rebuild year. They showed what was it last week, what they could do. Two weeks in a row now, I think, even. Yes, he was either the highest. He was the highest scoring two weeks ago, I believe. And yeah, he was yeah. right up there last week. Yeah, so two weeks ago, he had the Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony thing. Although <laughs> Kadarius Tony threw a punch, came back, and then broke his ankle or something. He's out for a while. Absolutely. Kyle <laughs> won't remember that he's a rookie. Or maybe, you know what? Maybe he's the outlier. Yeah. yeah you we'll know see. what you're going to hear at the end of this year, right? He'll break 1,000 yards. Yeah, he might. Second rookie to do it since Dicka. Yeah, fucking Dicka played like 12 games with a fucking leather helmet and did it. Yeah. Very different. Very different. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is fucking what? 17 games we're up to now? Yeah. Yeah. For you, sure. so it's... you need like 50 yards a game to get to 1,000. Like, it's just not a big mark anymore. Just like the 2,000-yard rushing records. Only two, the first two running backs that did it did it in 14 games. It's like, no, that's way more impressive than what we're doing nowadays. Oh, for sure, yeah. So, but yeah, but no, anyways. Hackenberg this past week uh, played Kistner. Kistner was favored by 23, and Hackenberg won by 20. So that, yeah, that's that, a pretty good, yeah, pretty good turnaround there. They're they're problem this week. So this is a the Buffalo Pollocks at four and two, in second place in their division versus Hackenberg at two and four, tied for third in theirs. And uh, yeah, the problem this week with Hackenberg is it's their bipocalypse too. I mean, they've got a lot of players on by. So there, there's no room for finesse in here. They just got to find the players. I, I don't even think in a lot of positions they even have choices. They just got to plug in who's ever actually playing this week. And it's another team that doesn't have enough defensive linemen to start. So that's one thing about carrying a really thin defensive uh, defensive roster is when you have your bye weeks and stuff, then you got to get out and go shopping. But uh, but again, that's not a terrible strategy because there's plenty of there's plenty of defensive linemen out there that you could be comfortable starting. I was going to say, if you want to stream anything, you stream defense, yeah. especially the the defensive linemen are still more than I think should be out there. Um, and I've actually looked at them fairly hard, a bunch of them, but uh, you can always just stream defensive back. Seems the linebackers are the more valuable ones to keep a little longer term, but there's still a bunch of that out there. Oh, yeah. Yep. You mentioned white. I mentioned bar. I mean, I'm our startable yeah. players. Oh, absolutely. Pick them up, put them in your lineup, feel good about life. Absolutely. That costs you, that gets you closer at dollar defense. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, for the Buffalo pull-ups, like you said, this should be a get right game for them. And it, it needs to be, I mean, we all, or you and I anyways, went into the season predicting them to be the, the favorite for the championship, but yeah, second place in their division right now. And right now it's my team. So I'm happy about it. That's first place in that division, but they also lost the tiebreaker to me. So this is a team that, you know, they're going to make it on scoring if if they have bad luck with their record. 
probably making on scoring. But uh, yeah, if they want to keep up in the hunt, you know, you, what's the the thing that uh, little quote that good teams make the their easy games look easy, something along those lines, and and that that's what this week is for them. And that's not saying anything about Hackenberg. You know, I'm not downplaying their team or anything, but between the buys and the fact that they're still kind of rebuilding, getting through a rebuild, it seems like uh, this is one that, that Steven C needs to pick up. When you're trying to make the playoffs, you have to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. You, yeah. you know, and, and this is a supposed to beat team. And, and yeah, the whole thing works a lot better when you beat dumb teams. Yeah. Yeah. But go 50 50 against the, the harder teams and win the games that you want that you should win. And you know what? You make the playoffs. Pretty simple. Doesn't always work that way, but it's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, this one favors the Buffalo Pollocks by 32 points. You know, that's uh, like an eight-point eight point line from Vegas if it was an actual football game. So, yeah, it's, it's well, a nine-point line, rather, instead of eight. It's a, it's a two-score game. So this should be one that they take away. But, uh, yeah, anything could happen. So th- this might actually wind up being one if Hackenberg's team continues to play pants on fire like they have. But this could be our, our Monday night game this time. Yeah, I don't think it gets there. The Stevens seems still, it, it's still very good. Yeah, he, he'll he'll get right. Even if he lost this game, we'll still be having to deal with him later in the season. This team's right. not going away. Yeah, unless it all starts to break down. Yeah, yeah. So just have to wait and see. But yeah, I, I would predict that Steven wins probably by close to the line. You know, in the neighborhood of thirty points. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be comfortable the whole weekend with this. This is what my prediction would be. Yeah. Of course, he was favored by 23 last week. And he lost by seven. I had a healthy spread, too, so and lost, but whatever. Yeah. All right. Kick-ass Kickners, kick-ass Kistner and the Honda Killers. Yeah. Yeah, the one and five team Honda Killer versus three and three kick-ass Kistner. Oh, champ is just falling apart. Oh, it's bad. He's favored this week, favored by 29. Pretty healthy again. Yeah, that that that's a real healthy line. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Todd's team here because he has a decent record here. Everyone's starting the buys. Yeah, yeah. So it's not quite a bipocalypse for uh, for Kistner, but it is. Uh, he's got a healthy chunk of his team out. Specifically, he's got uh, Dallas on a buy with Dak Prescott and Zeke being two of his big starters. So that, yeah. that's where that's where the spread comes from in, in Honda Killer's favor so much, but. He's a three and O all time versus Honda killer. Yeah. And like you said, with an average win margin of eight points. So these tend to be good games when these two play each other. Absolutely. Um, Honda killer, definitely in rebuild mode. Uh, these are feel good games uh, for him to win, but probably, uh, probably not making the playoffs with the five losses here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see it. You know, I mean, even if he wins this week, that puts him two and five. You know, he plays me next week. Who knows who's going to win that? But my team's been relatively strong, so I'd guess two and six. He's up against Hackenberg the week after. Could go either way, but still I'd call it probably two and seven. Number crunchers the week after, two and eight. Let's say he picks up one of those, so he's three and seven. Then uh, the green wall could go either way. We'll call it a win for him, four and seven. Then maintenance woes, Steven. Oh, no, maintenance woes, team veto. And then it have to be me. That's the division yeah. games, right? Yeah, and you to finish it off. So yeah, that's so that's thing. murderous row at the end of the 
the year with our, our division is very tough, obviously. Yeah, so he's looking at eight or nine losses at the end of the year. I mean, the, if he hadn't admitted it to himself, maybe this week is the week to do it. But, yeah, he, he should be looking at a rebuild. And How are you going to do it? You know, are you going to sell assets, try to get picks? Are you just going to do it uh, organically using the picks you got? Are you going to try to buy players? I mean, it's, it's probably time to start thinking of what that strategy is and executing it. Because the one thing is, whatever you do, you know, if you're buying or selling, if you're doing it organically, it doesn't matter. But if you're buying players or buying picks, you know, selling players for picks, either way, if you do it before everyone else, the chances are good that you can get better value than everyone else. Economic theory would tell you that if you're the first to the party, then you, you get the most from the party. Uh, whether or not that actually works that way in this league, you know, time will tell. But uh, um, yeah, that's the thing with, with these teams that are out of it, looking at it, trying to decide if they're rebuilding or whatever. The teams that that start executing a plan early, in theory, should have more success executing that plan. Well, it, there's probably a ton of truth to that because it's you got you got to look at who's buying. Yeah. Like, for example, you're going for it this year. You already don't have your first round pick. So uh, obviously you have one less asset that like he would want from you. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you can still trade your second, but I'm just saying it diminishes uh, per se. I go trade my first round pick this week. You know what? Now you're, now you're two teams off them top ones that are not, there's yeah. no first round pick to get. And yeah. most likely the, the teams you're trading that first round pick to like, like in your case, Darian, Darian's not parting with it because he wants to rebuild. Yeah. So he, he wants to do what you do. So yeah, the, the sooner, but then later is definitely the best option because I think, and this is just Joe's perfect world of fantasy, like later in the year, there should be a lot of third round picks flying around. I, can I have that whomever fourth receiver off your bench? Cause I want some depth. I'll give you a third round pick for him. Yeah. You know, at, as it all thins out. And right now you have a, a, not a super defined line yet because a lot of people are real close to that playoff contention, but the line's starting to, to spread. And anybody caught in that middle, I, I, I would suggest, like, be very careful about trading away your high-round picks. If you're in that middle and you miss, you might be, you know, the smartest kid in uh, special ed there, So, which gets you that first-round pick, that first overall pick that you're not really going to want to trade. So, yeah, well, yeah. I'm just saying you're, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess going along that same line though like uh, if you're fish someone borderline might be looking to make a run you're willing to part with your first round pick you need a receiver like well you need a lot of things but you need a receiver real awful bad would you be willing to give up a first round pick for Devo from Honda Killers uh, yes uh, Devo is the um one of the outliers of the whole thing because he's young enough, even though you're giving up that first round pick, you're going to have him for four years, five years. So then on the flip side of that, would you give up a first round pick? And I'd say that I would if I needed a receiver and I was making a playoff run, but a first round pick for Amari Cooper? In whose position? If you're fish looking for receivers or any team looking for receivers to make a playoff run. So, so I'm going to give a prerequisite. I know everything there is about Amari Cooper because I was debating on sending a trade offer. Yeah, it's, I, I guess I guess Amari Cooper would be the line for me. Like anybody that wasn't quite as good or any bit older than Amari Cooper, I would not. I, I, I probably trade the first in his 
in his shoes. Okay. And I'm, I'm guessing that you'd give a first all day for AJ Brown. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so the point I was actually trying to make is if you're a wide receiver needy team, you would give a first for any of four assets, an older guy or a younger guy on BJ and boom, or an older guy or a younger guy on Honda killer. But fish only has one first round pick to trade. So that, that's the point of being the first of the party, the first to decide what your strategy is. If you want to pick up first round picks, whoever gets them, like you say, once they get them, they're not trading them away. So that's why you want to be the first of the party. I mean, maybe Darian decides, yeah, I'm willing to trade AJ Brown. And then next week, Honda Killer goes, yeah, I am willing to trade Debo. It's a limited marketplace out there that's going to be paying top end picks for a wide receiver. And so, again, that's why you want to be the one that makes that decision and starts pursuing it early instead of late. Because every time someone trades or trades away their first round pick, that's one less out there in the marketplace that you have a chance at. Well, there's only 12 of them and you automatically have one. So there's yeah. only 11 others out there. So you're right. Yeah. And five of them are probably not for sale. Precisely. And, and so that's, you know, I guess at this point, I've been banging on it for a while. But that's why I say, you know, if you look again, the economic theory says, you know, if you play first, you have the best chance to win. You play the longest, you have the ch- best chance to win. You know, if you're the first one to the party, you get to enjoy more of the party. So, yeah, for these teams that are, uh, am I rebuilding? You know, like Honda Killer, Darian. Legion of Boom, they need to admit to themselves they're probably not doing the playoffs this year. That doesn't mean you have to have a fire sale and go get collect draft picks, but if that's what you want to do, being the first one to do it isn't it. Right. Make up your mind soon, whichever way you're going. Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, Honda Killer is ranked 12th in running back scoring, 12th in wide receiver scoring, 12th in flex scoring, 12th in defensive flex scoring, and 11th in tight end. Like, there's not... A lot of bright spots here saying you're going to climb out of it this year. So, you know, Mahomes and Debo are probably players you want to hold on tight to, but this is a team that makes sense to have a fire sale. Absolutely. And it, and if it were me, I'd be looking at trading and I'd be wanting, wanting to collect like two additional firsts and a second for what whatever. Like, yeah, anyways, I'd if I had this team, I'd want a, a shotgun approach in the first two rounds. And that's what I'd be hoping to do. Absolutely. The more picks you collect, the more chances you have of hitting. And yeah, yeah. you know what? Trade with the right team and they don't make the playoffs. Might end up with a nice pick there too. Yeah. Like, so on the other end of the spectrum, if I'm these rebuilding teams, like, honestly, that's, I'm going after the two Fishers picks, uh, Kistner's pick, you know, Matt's first round pick, mm-hmm. just in case he don't make it. Like, like you want, you when you're playing the lottery, man, you, you want a couple of them ones in the big one. Yeah. It'll probably be nothing nicer than watching trading for someone's first round pick and watching them win the toilet bowl for you. You'd be like, fuck yeah. So in the big picture that them Fisher's pick holds so much more valuable than like my first round pick does or yours for that matter, yeah. or, or Stevens, you know, one of the teams that you're fairly confident are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. So that that's another thing that everyone should keep in mind. And it, and that sucks because I'm devaluing my own pick, but yeah, you, you don't, you have to value the picks that you believe are going to be higher just because it's a shiny first. Doesn't mean it's a real first, right? Yeah. All right. Anything else on that? Yeah, no. Onto the game of the week. Fuck. I don't even know if it really counts as that because it's going to be a pretty easy win for my team, but you know, one of them has to be the game of the week. It should be. If you can't beat this sorry ass team, you should be afraid of me. 
Like yeah. I had this, I had to set a lineup like at, like it said itself. I did not really have choices of what I was putting in. I was like, yep, got to play Dearness Johnson. Who's tearing you a new asshole right now at this point in time? Yeah, like, 20 points. Yeah, I got to play fucking Javante Williams. I don't think he's ready to play, but okay, got to roll with it. No, that's all right. Timmy Pats forgot that it was fucking game day, it looks like. Yeah, it happens. He's one of the maddening players. Yeah. So you are favored by 16. Not a huge spread, field goal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's probably a four-point favorite, but yeah, I mean, the point is it's less than a touchdown for sure. Absolutely. Uh, the linebacker position is killing you. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I touch turns to shit. Yeah. Yeah, and you got some bye weeks too. Not by apocalypse, but you got some bye week stuff going on. So The only gold I've touched at linebacker is Logan Wilson. Everything else I'm overpaying for or just ain't any good. Yeah, so – for the last three weeks in a row, you failed to register 10 points from your linebacker position. So that's both of them. Combined? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's a position that needs attention. Now, I know Logan Wilson's gotten you some points, but he's put them up in your D-flex spot. Right, right. No, yeah, uh, I'm thinking anybody that watches my waiver wire look, sees I pick up linebackers all the time. I have yeah. to have 50, 50 fucking transactions on linebackers. Oh, no, talk to the guy that does all the data entry. Oh, it's closer to 500 then? Oh, man, it's a lot. Yeah, I, hey, I'm scurrying for anything right now. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. It's it's not obviously that you're ignoring it or anything. But, but yeah, I mean, there's another one. You used to have Kaiser White. He's sitting on the sitting on the waiver wire right now, and he's outscoring every linebacker on your team. Uh, I do know that. I was looking at that the other day. If anybody actually listens to this, there might be some competition for Kaiser White. But also remember, I'm dollar shopping because I'm poor. I, I want to yeah. shop at uh, the good mall stores, but I only got a dollar store budget. If people actually come off my IR, I probably have to make a cut to even stay under the roster. Yeah, yeah. You even had some people come off IR and cut your money in half. You were looking, you were looking rich there for a minute, but you were sort yeah. of tra- you were trailer park rich. Yeah, exactly. I, I, dude, that's just I got paid Friday and looks good. Yeah, that's one of them where you didn't pay didn't pay rent last month, so you're feeling rich. Exactly. Then the landlord comes by and is like, "Yeah, you owe me <laughs> you owe me two months." And you're like, "Oh, I am broke." <laughs> exactly. All my all my high dollar players got hurt here. I got a month and a half in a bag of pot. Are we square? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was kind of half ass figuring it out, even with like these cuts only costing me 10%. I'm like, man, I think I'm going to be over if all my players were actually healthy. Like, this is like a problem. (laughs) That's kind of the reason for having the the dead cap on it. Like at 10 to 20 cents a shot, you're at $15. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm going to have to fix this little glitch in my game. I've actually had to add more lines onto your roster page (laughs) to keep up with all your cuts. Oh, that is awesome. Oh, just trying to keep you busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a couple of bi-week problems this week, too. Mm-hmm. Offense and defense. You're not getting the gut of my team. Well, Dennis Johnson's making up for it. Oh, good. Hopefully, Javante Williams will punch in a garbage touchdown before this is over and make me feel much better. Nah, they're going to sit him in a minute. Oh, no, back in the game. Just had his fifth catch. Yeah. Yeah, it's... 
it's crazy there. I mean, you talk about 50, 50 splits, like they're within two snaps of each other on the season. Melvion Gordon and Javante. Yeah, they play every other series and they play the whole series. Yeah. And obviously uh, Denver is very predictable of how they uh, operate. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. So you caught me at the right week. The, these are the games that we say they're a coin flip that you got to win like at least half of them. This is one. Yeah. This is one you're going to feel real good if you come away with this. Yeah, you, of you'll course. Be in good position at six and one. There's, there's no such thing as a guarantee. But if I win this week, I'm going to the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. If if I lose this week, I'm probably going to the playoffs. But if I win this week, I'm there. No, the, the, this is the icing on the cake game, right? You know what? You you beat some of them harder teams like. It's like when any of us beat Steven, we're like, oh, thank God. You know what? Yeah. This should, this is, you know, not bragging, but you're like, oh, thank God I got rid of this team now. Yeah. And you won't have to see me until the playoffs. So, yeah, no, life will be really good for you there. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. You know, I mean, obviously we more or less started the league together, but we're, uh, you're the lifetime looking at the history of the league. You're the second ranked team in the league, which makes sense. I'm tied as the third-ranked team in the league historically. We've played each other twice in the regular season. We're at one and one, and combined, we have 13 points of separation between those two games. So, and I'm right now first place in the league, and you're tied for second in the league for this season. So, it's it's kind of a perfect setup for the game of the week as well. You know, it's it's good. Better if absolutely. I absolutely. This is why we play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you win, you're you're in really nice shape here. Yeah, six and one, like I said. I mean, I'm getting into the part of my – I mean, shoot, any game, you can win or lose any game. But I'm getting into a stretch of my schedule where I'd be predicted to win a couple games. So if I win this week, even if I go 50-50 in my less difficult stretch, I'll, I'll make the play. You Well, we talk about it. You need eight wins. Eight so wins this, pretty much guarantees it. Seven wins. So this is, week puts you two, two wins away from it. So you got to go at that point two win six. Yeah, five. Yep. Two and five. Sorry. Two and five. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you would have to go down the stretch to make sure you made the playoffs. Yeah, that that's a pretty comfortable feeling. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But even if you even if you beat me, I'll be there in the playoffs. I think. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I got confidence. Yeah. No, you, you got a pretty good shot. Yeah. You know what? I would like to wish you good luck, Ian, but I really wouldn't mean it. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, that's the lineup this week. You know, I mean, at this point, there's not any undefeated teams and there's no teams that haven't won a game. So that means the last place team is uh, right now. The last place team in the league at one and five is only three games out of playoff contention. So we talk about rebuilding and everything, but realistically, there's not any teams that can't make it. And like we saw with, you know, we say Hackenberg's a rebuilding team, but they just put up two 200 plus point weeks in the last three like that's good enough to get you if that's sustained that gets you in the playoffs all day every day uh so every team still has a shot like i said the rebuilding thing is more of a decision and trying to take early advantage of something if you decide to but uh but yeah it's up to each individual owner if now's the time to start or not keep going um yeah you know like i said in, in theory Whoever starts first should get the biggest advantage out of out of collecting picks or players, whatever you want to do. But that's just a theory, you know. I mean, that that looks at an average group of all average people with no one doing anything weird, doesn't take into doesn't take into account motive, you know, people's experience, anything like that, just looking at the averages. So who knows what'll actually happen. 
the one thing I can say about this league is it 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 surprises you occasionally. Like oh yeah, like oh that really came available or you know that that's happening that trade happened like I I think overall this is a pretty um, active league and and there's some fireworks on trading I I I think everyone's got a little bit of Joe syndrome in them they're like fuck yeah I'm gonna trade and and you know I I, I think that's good and I'm thinking this league is starting to become very accepting on a lot of uh, trades that like they don't always look great like at the surface. But, like, when you start to look at them, I think there's been a lot of solid trades made in this league that do benefit both teams, at, mm. at least in theory. A lot of, Sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does, you know. Mm-hmm. We were kind of teasing Steven about the two first-round picks for James Robinson. Yeah, it ain't looking so bad now, is it? He's got the number eight back on a $6 contract for five years. I mean, who's yeah. laughing now, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. And... and and then first round pick sting. And you know what? One of the ones I used on, I'm playing right now. Um, I think uh, Robinson probably put up more points last game than Javante Williams has put up all year. So like, that's a huge win right now for Steven. Yeah. So yeah, you, you never know. And, and, and again, it goes back to a little bit to your uh, do it early thing. Like Steven did that, you know, preseason when everything was fresh and everyone had everything to give up and, you know, if you waited until draft time for that, I I never get even a third round pick for James Robinson after the draft. And then yeah. after the year starts, it changes all over again, you know? So, yeah. So you never know where it's going to be, but, but again, I think everyone's been pretty active and you know what it, it it's at least satisfying to me. It, it looks like everyone's having fun and everyone's actually trying to do something. I mean, whether you agree with their methods or not, looks like they're trying or have a theory behind what they're doing anyways. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's all you can really ask for. And it's so much easier to trade in this league than it is like redraft or anything like that. So. Oh yeah. No, that, that's the thing is people have time here. You can develop motives. You can develop a strategy over time and, and try to execute it as opposed to, I mean, with redraft, it's really, you're playing for now. I mean, there is no future, you know. I mean, if you're in week one, yeah, you can be looking at week 16, but it doesn't give you time. Like one week, you can't look at a player and be like, oh, yeah, no, his season's going to be terrible. I mean, we all would have said that about Robinson in week one, but now look at it. So it's just here you're looking at, looking at it over years. And like I said, you're building strategy. You're, you're cultivating something. It doesn't all just get blown up at the end of the year. And I, I think that makes a big difference. I mean, I, I honestly have... I'd still be willing to with a group of friends and everything, but I have basically no interest in playing for traditional redrafting. Uh, no, me neither. And, and to pile on the, the redraft thing, like, for example, the one in five team in redraft right now is not having a real big reason to trade. Yeah. Well, like, you're just like, yeah, I'm out. I'm just going to roll with the players I got. Like, in this league, like, you have a reason. You have more reason to trade than if you were winning. Yeah. So... No, I, I think it's good in that way. Maybe one of these podcasts we should do, I, I was thinking, Ian, mm-hmm. um, maybe we should send out a, a league text and see who wants to move what. I mean, they can anonymously tell just you or I or whatever. Obviously, it's going to come out, but um, maybe we do an episode on that. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually funny you say that because we did that, uh, the Fantasy Consortium one. A few weeks back with uh, Big Fish and Little Fish talking about 
you know, the fantasy bar and some of those ideas and everything. And that, that actually yep. turned into a mini trade episode in the beginning. And that actually got me thinking. And so here's the problem is if we have more than two people, we can o- it only lasts for 40 minutes at a time, which kind of sucks. But if we had a way, you know, even if it wasn't Zoom, some other way where we could all video conference, we could almost do like a weekly league call. Drop in, don't drop in, whatever you want to do. Just get on bullshit for, you know, well, maybe 40 minutes even is the right amount of time. And just see if, you know, have a conversation, see what bubbles up. You know, maybe you get three or four or five guys on there. Shoot, maybe some weeks you get, yeah, probably not 12, but you might hit like seven, you know. I could see some trades coming out of something like that. Sure, basically a GM meeting? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, we should do it. We should put one of them together, maybe even for next week. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'd be completely down on it. So, yep. No, every every little bit helps. Maybe maybe someday, like someone not in our league will listen to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe by the off season we start. We try to like throw a, a basics of you know fantasy football on there, and you know what? you might actually get people to listen to it. I'm just starting in a home league with my you know friends, and I just want to beat their asses. Let's see what someone has to say. Yeah, it, it honestly. This would be an off-season thing. You wouldn't want to do it, or at least a special episode outside the weekly episode, but uh, doing a league episode that basically talks about the format, you know, the scoring, you know, how we came to roster sizes, some of that kind of stuff. I don't know. It might wind up being boring for people, but it might be something interesting for people to to see. Like, I got to tell you, I mean, I don't know if I could go back to playing other formats of fantasy other than dynasty with a salary cap um yeah i don't think i can i i well i mean we had many of these conversations dude i was sort of leaning away from it anyways on top of the fact that like i didn't want to like follow like 30 guys every night because i had so many leagues i played in mm-hmm. like yeah dude it, it, it's tough this league's just way better way way better well, yeah, you, this is my favorite way to play it. And like you said, I don't know if I can play it a different way. Yeah, well, it's like we were talking about, too, is here you're actually developing a strategy. I mean, like, look at, well, I mean, no number crunchers, but what uh, Adam was doing, I mean, he was on, like, the three-year plan from day one. Seems strange to me, but number crunchers is a pretty good team right now. So, I mean, this plan looks like it was probably working. Oh, Absolutely. And you know what? And we talked about this, you know, a million times too. As long as you're setting your lineup and relatively trying to like not hand it to games to people, you know what? Build it the way you want it. Have fun with it. A hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Like I said, there's probably people that get annoyed by you know Cincinnati's ownership in real football, but you know what? He pays for his team. He can do what the fuck he wants with it. Yeah. He's participating. Mm-hmm. He's putting 22 guys out there every week. It's all good. Yeah. I was kind of alluding to I know everything about Amari Cooper. I did a lot of research on Amari Cooper. Yeah. He's someone I would like to have, and I'm just I'm at a little loss of what I would be willing to pay for him. Yeah. Man, that first round pick just seems steep to me, and I don't know if I'm being cheap, but man, he finishes right around the 20th wide receiver. Yeah. Like like the last three years, somewhere between 18 and 21. Yeah. So it's like, man, I'm getting a middle to low end wide receiver too is that worth yeah, a one but so you're gonna have, almost certainly you'll have the 10th picker later this year i get it well but but no just just follow through with the the thing so 
picks 10 through 12, what are you hoping you get with them? Like the idea of a high end running back, that's not even in play. You know, I mean, no. Running back wise, your best case scenario is Tracer, someone who looks like they might be a high end pick, but they're in a weird situation and maybe or maybe not pan out on anything. Right now, leaning towards the maybe not. So, running back wise, that's your best hope. So wide receiver wise, what what are you hoping you get at, at pick ten? Yeah, like the th- I mean, third, fourth that, rookie receiver. And this is some advice I've given, given on the podcast before: is instead of looking at the pick and getting all excited about the pick, look like put a name to the player and, and see if that changes your thinking at all. Because when you start putting names to it, it makes it easier to equate like what is this really worth for me? You know, here's this year's draft. So pick number 10, Zach Wilson, 11, Trey Sermon, 12, Rashad Bateman. That was 10, 11, and 12 this year. Going down the list, looking at receivers, middle of the second round, Rondell Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, 2-9, Terrace Marshall, 2-10, EJ Moore, 2-12, Nico Collins. So that's the rest of the first round and all your second round receivers after from pick 10 on. Which one of those guys do you want more than Cooper? Oh, none of them. Yeah. I mean, even when you say, oh, well, I, I'd have Rashad Bateman for seven years. So, I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, maybe three years from now, you're going to be like, God, I missed on Rashad Bateman. But are you waiting three years? Like, is that your time for? No, it, it, it's it's not mine. That's the thing. You know, you've got this first round pick and you're like, oh, I don't want to give up a first round pick. But what are you giving up? Really? Right. Not nothing. The prestige yeah. of a first round pick. Yeah. But if you actually look at, and that's why I say like Rashad Bateman, he's not doing it this year. So maybe he ends strong. Like right now, based on what's happened so far this year, Rashad Bateman's chance to be fantasy relevant for next year is hovering somewhere around 15 to 20%. That's to be like top 40, even top 35 in that range. I, I, I'm not obviously not sitting here running the numbers, but it's in that range for someone, you know, picked fairly high, didn't do a whole lot of his rookie year. You know, you factor injury into it, that takes away some of the bad off it, but whatever. 15 to 20% next year. Amari Cooper is up around 70%. Next year, he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver, 70%. Right. Now, if Bateman hits and he takes off, we've talked about the targets from Lamar Jackson and all that. That's a whole other story. But which one do you want? You want the 15% chance of helping your team next year, or do you want the 70% chance? The year after, Amari Cooper's probably, depending on what happens next year, injuries, whatnot, probably still in that 70% chance because he's still under 30, he's still been successful previous years, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Bateman, if he has a big year next year, he'll jump. If he has a real big year next year, he'll jump up to the about 50 to 60% range. And if he has a moderate year next year, he'll be in the 25 to 30 or less if he has a bad year. So two years out. Do you want the 65 to 70% chance again, or do you want the 50%? I, I get it. I mean, I'm three just trying years, to get the best bang for my buck. Three years out. Well, but I'm just saying, I, I think that there's this perception of the value of first-round picks, and that value is just a perception. Like, it's not real. Oh, no, dude, let, let's be very honest about this. The last two years, I picked number one overall and number four overall. Dude, am I looking like I hit on either pick yet? Yeah, exactly. Uh, should I be worried about Clyde Edwards-Alaire right now? A little bit. I actually I actually think a little bit. But, I mean, o- honest question. Like, just because we were talking about him, Amari Cooper or Najee Harris right now? Oh, Najee Harris. Yeah, I think that's probably right. 
Travis Etienne or Amari Cooper? Yeah, Cooper. Right now, I'm kind of thinking, you know, Jamar Chase or Amari Cooper? Oh, Chase. Okay. Javante or Amari? Right now, today? Yeah. I I, I think that's close because I still got high hopes for Jamal Williams, but I'll go Jamal Williams. I might be being a little biased. I would go close. I would go Williams too, but the fact that you have to pause, we're at pick four. About Trevor Lawrence or Amari Cooper? Uh, Cooper. Yeah. Devontae Smith? Uh, uh, Cooper. That's who I would take. Michael Carter? Cooper. Kyle Pitts? Uh, I'd like to roll them dice, but Cooper. Jalen Waddle? I I actually like Waddle a lot. I I, Waddle. Okay. I think it's probably close. It's probably, yeah, it's definitely close, but I've just been somewhat impressed with Waddle. Yeah. Zach Wilson? No, Cooper. Trey Sermon? Cooper. Rashad Bateman? Cooper. Twice. (laughs) So three. Three out of 12 first-round picks you would rather have over Amari Cooper. That's what, 25%? Uh, Three, yeah, 25%. No, I I see where you're going. Yes. So that's the only thing. It's like I say, that's why I really like to put names to it, you know, like, oh, I've got this first-round pick, you know? I mean, shoot, if you had the 1-2, you would have been better off if you traded the 1-2 for Amari Cooper than taking Etienne. Yes. The 1-6, I think you'd be better off with Devontae Smith over Amari Cooper. Or with Amari Cooper over Devontae Smith, rather. Now, maybe Smith turns into it, something, but maybe. I mean, who's their quarterback next year? And, and when I say, like, that's close or, or that Waddle is even close – that's just taking the youth in consideration mm-hmm. for my team right now. It's probably Cooper. Every one of them picks except Harrison Williams. Yeah. I mean, like in my right uh, now situation today. Yeah. It's Cooper overall. Yeah. Except them too. Well, maybe chase. Oh, chase. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. So besides them three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But all right, brother. All right. Oh, let's stop this recording. I do want to tell you something. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's sort of funny. Uh, you're gonna cut it off now. All right. All right. So yeah, that's uh, that's the wrap there. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get three downloads again. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. All right. Here we go. Okay, Ruby. See you tomorrow at five. How was it? Oh. 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 I, I have- Why?